Tommy. Hey, Amanda. So what do the nominees for this year's Academy Awards and the Sistine Chapel have in common? Oh, man, that's a tough one. Um, uh, I, I can't think of anything. I can. Um, you haven't seen either and neither have I. Ah, OK, that's that's fair and embarrassing. Well, that's what we're talking about today on Can We Talk About? Hi, I'm Kyle. Can We Geek About is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy to new releases and even maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. (sighs) Can we geek about? So give us a listen, subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. Tis the season. It is Oscar season, my friend. It's Oscars. It's also our last episode of this season. It is. And it feels like uh, due to the many maladies of Amanda this year, <laughs> it feels like it shouldn't be, but it is. It, it was like an extra long season. I don't even know when we started. I have to go I back. Don't, and, don't. No, it'll okay. just remind me how many illnesses I achieved this year. Okay. Yeah. Not great. But okay. So this yeah. we did this last year for the Emmys, yeah. right? We did yeah. this for the Emmys. So this year we're going to do the Oscars. Yeah. Which has stirred some tea. Yeah, a little bit. Now, to be clear, and I said this before we started, I haven't seen these nominations yet. I know about the drama, about some of like the stuff people have talked about. But aside from that, I really haven't dug into this list. And I don't know when, when we come back for season three. We are coming back, to be clear. But I don't know when we're coming back. But we, it... Maybe after the Oscars air, so we get to maybe our first episode back and be like, "Were we right? Let's figure out if I we were right." If we or were wrong. right on any of our Emmy guesses. We we'll should revi- go back and we'll check. revisit that. We'll revisit yeah, that. Maybe yeah, okay. like in between seasons, we can revisit that. That's a good idea. Doesn't I am curious feel if got that right. Doesn't feel like I was. Be honest with you. No, and and what's disappointing too is I I typically like enjoy the Emmys more than the Oscars, and we did an Emmys kind of. Uh, thing last year but then the emmys already aired this year and it we was missed so it weird yeah, yeah what happened with the emmys and like yeah i, I don't uh, know like i felt like things were airing on days that nobody knew they were airing and all of a sudden yeah. i'm seeing like clips of people at award shows i'm like is this on right now this already happened is this last year well even worse too is i think the show's that were like the underdogs that I wanted to win, didn't win anyway. And it was just a sweep by like succession and, and I'm everyone. I'm sad for Barry. Can I just say that? Yeah. Okay. I'm sad for Barry. Yeah. I feel like Barry deserved a lot more than it got this year. That one really hurt my feelings. And that was the thing. Cause when we did our, like back in like a uh, beginning of this season, we did a bunch of episodes about all the shows that were doing se- series finales. And there were a lot of series finales. So so many. 
And they were all really good shows. And that's why it was like a weird season too. Cause it's like, well, not everyone can get a trophy. If, if succession didn't end this year and it, and, and like it had one more season, then it would open the road a little bit, I think, to some other show. Or like but the Marvelous Miss Maisels and the Berries yeah. of the World. Yeah, which, by the way, didn't even... No, didn't even show up. But <laughs> Barry, I just feel like Bill Hader deserved more. The yeah. writing deserved more. I don't know. I, I was a little bummed with how much... How snub yeah. they got. Also, I just want to bring this up. I know that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Guys, Everyone's like, I thought you were talking about Oscars. We did not know that Ali Wong and Bill Hader were dating... Until she yeah. gave him a big old smoocheroo when she won. <laughs> and I immediately text Tommy and I was like, I'm sorry, are Bill Hader and Ellie Wong dating or is she just yeah. making out with the hottest guy next to her? Yeah. Because same. Yeah. We don't need to talk about how bad Joe Coy sucked. Not that. <laughs> oh, I forgot he was the one who hosted. That's what that was all about. Okay. That, that's- like, like, I feel, I don't feel, I, I don't know what I'm going to say. I'm like, yeah. oh, God, I'm too nice sometimes. His jokes just weren't good. And I get it. Somebody wrote the jokes for him. But guess what, buddy? You get to look at those jokes long before this shit airs. And his ex-girlfriend, Chelsea Handler, fucking killed it at the Critics' Choice. So, Well, you know know who really killed it? Who? And I forget what it actually was. I I don't know if you saw this. What's his name? John Mulaney hosted some, like, random, like, untelevised award ceremony. And it just laid the... It planted the flag that he would be amazing at hosting literally anything. I believe in that. I believe in that because there's a John Mulaney that I still love. He's there. Oh, wait, are, are you for the for the person that loves <sighs> everyone and like, are you turned off by the whole like, I'm a girl's girl, you know? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'm a girl's girl. So it's the whole like him breaking up with his wife. <sighs> like, I don't want to have kids and then getting immediately with Olivia Munn and then Didn't being love like, it. let's have a kid. Okay. I didn't fucking love it. But you know what? What I think in that situation? Yeah. Good for his ex-wife. You dodged a fucking bullet. He was a wreck. Yeah. You are gorgeous. And, you know, we're just going to move on from that. Okay. Do you want to get into the actual Oscar nominations? We have a We should. We should. We should. Okay. So. Yeah. We're going to start from the least. This is not yeah. not for any other reason. We think all of these categories are very important. They're all important. But we're starting from the bottom of the list. And yeah. just so everybody knows, we are using the Variety.com article. So we are yeah. going to be missing a lot of like the really small niche categories. But yeah, I think this is the list that is representative of what is going to be included in the telecast. Okay. So love that. So there are a lot more Oscar awards and nominations that go beyond this. That's like the ceremony they do on Saturday. You know, that's not on not televised kind of stuff. This is the stuff that I, I believe is going to be televised. I have so. to admit something before we what? start this. Did you not know something? I just like haven't watched any of this. <laughs> I'm going simply off of gut feeling yeah. here, guys. I feel like we had that problem with the Emmys too when we when we did the Emmys episode. It was a lot I of think like you're right, oh, I but don't know this. This list makes me embarrassed of how many things I haven't seen. I don't know about you. So we're going to start mm-hmm. with visual effects. Okay. And so the nominees are for the creator Jay Cooper, mm-hmm. Ian Comley, Andrew Roberts and Neil Corbold. Mm-hmm. Uh Godzilla minus 1 yeah. by Takashi Yamazaki, Kiyoshi yeah. Yubia. <laughs> Masaki Takahashi and uh, Tatsuji Nojima. Guardians of the Galaxy 3, mm-hmm. Stephanie Soretti, Alex 
Watchbrot, Guy Williams, and Theo Bielik. Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, mm. Alex Wotke, Simon Coco, Jeff Sutherland, and Nier Corbold. Uh, Napoleon with Charlie Henley, Luke Ewan, Martin Fenway, Simone Coco, and Neil Corbold. Oh, Nier Cor- Neil? Mission Impossible Wait. and Napoleon. Well, they're visual effects artists. I'm sure they work okay, on Okay, well, all right. Get your yeah. bag, son. Get oh, same bag. with Simone Coco. Yeah. They must like you, to work you together. You go, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. They must like to work together. Okay. Of this list, mm. what have you seen? Okay. I Be have honest. seen I have seen Guardians of the Galaxy. I haven't <gasps> seen Mission Impossible yet. And I haven't seen it because I kind of want to watch them together. Like, But Simon Pegg yeah. deserves to be watched. Yeah. <laughs> I do want to see it. Uh, Napoleon, I know about. I know about all these movies. Be- enough uh, to. I don't know about the creator. Can you tell me what the hell that's about? Uh, I was trying to glaze over that. I was hoping Son you of have that one. Okay. Yeah. What is that? Uh, let's see here. Oh. Um, you can't Google the creator. They're going to be like, Jesus. <laughs> uh John David Washington. Um, Allison Janney's in that, too. What's it about? That's a good question. Uh, against the backdrop of a war between humans and robots with artificial intelligence, a former oh. soldier finds the secret weapon. I think I would like that. Yeah. I like science fiction-y things. Napoleon yeah, looks is- great. Looks good. Yeah. I mean, I, I would say if I'm going to guess who they're going to throw this one at, for special for visual effects okay right which which i think and i'm trying to see if if there's a differentiation because i think that when they say visual effects i don't know is visual effects just like cg effects or is it like practical effects i don't i don't know if uh um either way i don't know now we're arguing over categories i would put my money on godzilla minus one I don't know. Interesting. I was going to go Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 because they really do like to throw a bone to the end of eras. And that's the last one. Yeah. And theoretically, too, I'll I'll throw out there like end of the era. Also, I feel like I feel like a lot of like the primary categories tend to snub more mainstream movies where like some of these categories like visual effects, like sort of like, you know, let it fly a little bit more. But I feel like Godzilla minus one is kind of like in the middle of that category, so I'm gonna I'm, I'll put my okay my chip on there. So, uh, you want to do film editing? Yes. I don't know if I should even say the names at this point. I think maybe we just hold the names. I mean, that's fine. You like I've giving credits? To the the, yeah, the yeah. Oscars themselves are going to give the credits. Yeah, to people. Uh, I, I like think. to fuck it up. Okay, yeah. so we've got Anatomy of a Fall by Laurent Sanichal. Wow. The Holdovers by Kevin Tent. Killers of the Flower Moon by Thelma Shoemaker. Oppenheimer, Jennifer Lame, and Poor Things by Yorgos Mavrosardidis. Wow. I can't Sardis. I'm I, I famously mispronounce names all the time, so I give you more credit for that. Okay, so film editing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got to go to Oppenheimer. That movie's nine years long. Okay, I was gonna I, I was gonna go there, but well, two things. Number one, it's it's kind of funny. Like at least I have to check the others too, but like almost to a, as a as a running gag joke, Killers of the Flower Moon and Oppenheimer are both like super long movies, which is fine. And I actually heard someone making the argument today of like, people just have to get over it. Like it's, it's okay. It's an experience. Like we'll watch a, a season of a TV show and binge it on Netflix. And I like long movies. Like six. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with it. I, okay. I think the rewatchability is like harder because it's a commitment. And I think just in general, the way people consume content now, they're just like, oh, commitment. Like I have to like, 
sit down for two hours. Yeah, but versus- you're not fucking moving for four hours anyway. Like, so not- what? You have to pause to piss? I'm, like, come I'm on. Not, I'm not agreeing with it. I'm saying I understand it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. Oh, 100%. But, but like, we're not, I, w- I wish we were. As a society, we are not going to the movies to consume new movies the way we used to. No. Where like a three hour movie mattered. Right? No. Yeah. Where it's yeah. like, oh. I remember that was an epic. It was like, oh my God. Yeah. Remember I Titanic still. was like really long. Like oh my God. Two, two VHS tapes. Two VHS tapes. That's how you know. So I don't know. But I was going to say too is I, I don't know. And this is, it's really funny because I've seen categories like this, specifically in like editing or directing where there are flaws in the movie, but they sort of like, eh, they look past the flaws kind of, and they let it, they let it kind of have it. All that is to say, I have heard some critiques about the editing specifically in Oppenheimer. Oh, but is that enough to overcome the like, Oh, well it's still Oppenheimer. It's still a big movie. So I, between this, I mean, not, not to discount anatomy of a fall, the holdovers or poor things, but I'm going to, I'm an either point. Uh, it's, it's either Oppenheimer or Killers of the Flower Moon. I, yeah, I was going to go Oppenheimer. And I and here's the thing. If we've learned nothing from the previous awards of what all these movies have won, Anatomy of a Fall is absolutely cleaning up. Really? Which is beautiful. Um, yeah. You know, I have not seen it. I, I think yeah. I would love it. It's a French film. I love French. Yeah. I love the language. But I haven't seen Poor Things. It's very high on my list. I think I would enjoy it immensely. Yeah. Which, which for clarity, for... You know, those playing the home game. That's the one with Emma Stone where it's it's essentially um, and Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. I had my, my wife explained it to me. I was like, what is this movie I keep seeing? And I kept seeing these TikTok ads. I don't know if you were getting those too. Oh, gotcha. And the TikTok ad was just Emma Stone spitting out food. And I was like, this is gross. I don't want to see I I you know, you still love Emma Stone. But it's essentially Frankenstein with a woman, right? Is that is that a fair I believe explanation? so well, okay. William Defoe is in it. So that usually just sells it for me, but <laughs> Yes. So she's it's the incredible tale of the fantastical evolution of Bella Baxter, a young woman brought back to life by the brilliant and unorthodox scientist, Dr. Godwin Baxter. And she plays a in the movie. She is a um, lady of the night. She does does the yes. With her giant unibrow looking thing there. They really put on her eyebrows, didn't she? They they really did. Just just a side note, because I don't know if this movie's going to come up again in the list, but have you seen The Curse, which is no. her and Nathan Fielder? No. Okay. We'll have to get around to talking about that. I started watching okay. it. I have to catch up. My wife was like, I don't like this. It was, it's, <laughs> it's, you have to like be specifically into kind of Nathan Fielder kind of comedy, but that's all. Guys, maybe next year we'll be in a position where we can watch a movie together with you and you can get yeah. live commentary of what Tommy and Amanda are thinking. It's not going to be good. Mystery this, science theater. Yeah, this brain style. is not uh, things that come out of this mouth. Usually Katie has to edit it out. <laughs> Shout out to our editor. All right. So we're both you're going. Where are you going for it's, this it's one? Weird. So to be clear, here's here's my my full breakdown. Right. Poor things I know is 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 getting some some good critical love. The holdovers is getting a massive like everywhere I turn. Everyone's like, I'm so bummed I didn't see that yet. I also feel like it's such a movie you have to watch during the holiday season based okay. on everything I know about it that I'm just like, oh, do I want to watch it in January or do I want, you know, and I've, I've, there's a lot of praise I've seen about that movie and, and, and have seen and heard and 
that, but I don't think film editing is it. And so I, I'm going to give it to, I'm going to go rogue. I'm going to go killers of the flower moon just because I, I like that. Okay. All right. All right. So production design. Yeah. You want me to read this off? I'm, I won't read names. Okay. I'm going to skip the names for production design. You have Barbie killers of the flower moon, Napoleon Oppenheimer and poor things. Production design. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to the to Barbie. I, here's the thing. Yeah, it's absolutely. going to Barbie. If if there's anything, if you take a step back and you look at any of these categories and say, okay, any whoever gets nominated can only get one, right? You can only get one for either like best directing or editing or whatever it is. Out of all the things that I think the movie was the most outstanding with, it was production design. Agreed. Like they made that world. They created an aesthetic that was so unique and, and visual and. Um, accurate one thing that i like insanely yeah. accurate yeah. yeah agreed i'm going barbie I, I yeah i'm gonna go with barbie that 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 one's easy um you did too i'll i'll, I'll pick up some spot okay. here uh for makeup and hairstyling you have golda maestro <laughs> i'll get back there uh oppenheimer poor things and society of the snow i was laughing at maestro because again in the pop culture zeitgeist yeah, it's just all about Bradley Cooper's nose. Yes, that that's pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. Like that's all. And and the fact that this is a category called makeup and hairstyling, it's like that's literally it's going to Bradley Cooper's nose. We all know it. Uh, you know, it's funny, though. I almost feel like there's been such contention about that that I'm like, I don't know if they're going to award that. I don't know if they're going to reward. Yeah, people are pretty pissed about it. Yeah. It, and is it, you know, is it that they're trying to. Are people mad that they're trying to present him as Jewish with his large nose? Like, does it feel too, <laughs> like, I'm not sure where. You don't know what the controversy is, essentially. No, like, and like, I, be, I think it mainly, it's a beautiful movie. It's absolutely beautiful. But I don't know enough about the backstory to know how accurate we're talking. Or is it, is it yeah. led to the point where it's almost cartoonish and it's not. I don't know. I think here I think here's the thing. I when I've looked up pictures and and there's some side profile photos that exist here. But if you look up Leonard Bernstein's photos and then you see the the photo with uh Bradley Cooper, it's like why is why is his nose like that? Like Leonard it's not Understood. like Leonard it's like um yeah, I, I, there's there's other characters that have been portrayed in movies and TV shows and stuff where it's like, oh, yeah, they did a little bit of like a you know, prosthetic kind of thing where it's like, oh, that makes sense because now they kind of look like the character. This one's like, wait, why? <laughs> like, who looked at his nose and were like, ah, it's not, you know, it's not like, you know, your nose has to be more uh, protruding. Okay. It's like, you know, it's 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 not. It, it looks like a whole different person. It actually makes him look less like... Leonard Bernstein. Ew, gross. Hate that. And I know that he took Bradley Cooper himself took like mm-hmm. over a year preparing for this role, like years and years and yeah. years preparing. For yeah, this I role. don't. I don't want to fault. I don't want to fault Bradley Cooper for the work he put into like this role and, and the character. But it's just like, what photos were you looking at that you thought that that like? I don't. Look, I don't think it look it looks anything like him, and I don't think the nose adds or like gets it closer to the finish line I, that that's the part that i'm just like i've been sort of blown away so if anything if the controversy is like well why did he have to it's like did you actually look at a photo or you're just like oh leonard bernstein where's that big nose like yeah that, i think that's why that. people are yeah now society of the snow i don't know if you're familiar with that one 
No, I was trying. I was trying to it's look a it up. Dark movie. So it's based off of the 1972 Air Force Flight 571 that was chartering a rugby team to Chile. Mm-hmm. Crashes. Of the 45 passengers on board, only 16 survive. This is a true story. And the 16 have to resort to cannibalism to survive. So why alive? is this inherent makeup? No, no, hang, hang on a second. I'm sorry. Back yeah, it's up. It's basically is, alive. It's basically alive. It's the same movie. Yeah. Wait, did yeah. they just remake alive? So it says here in my noty notes. Yeah. That Bayona discovered Verici's book while researching his 2012 film, The Impossible. So I believe, yeah, it has to be. So he it, bought the rights for the book. Yeah, I'm, I'm reading a, a, a short uh, snippet from Collider. It actually says uh, Society of the Snow of the Snow essentially tells the same story of uh, the Andy survivors, but its approach is more serious and dignified as opposed to the earlier movie Society of the Snow never attempts to attempts any unreal exuberance and the portrayal always rem- remains success, uh, respectful. So it's the exact same movie as Alive. It's okay, just, Alive just- convinced me that I would have to become a cannibal if I was on a plane and it crashed. <laughs> like when I was flying back from Iceland, yeah. we were flying over Greenland, which yeah. is insane because Greenland is literally just a giant ice cap. Like it is just yeah. snow everywhere. And so we're looking at it out the windows. I was like, oh my God, mom, if we crash, we totally have to become cannibals. You know that, right? Like we have to eat the people next to us. This lady well, next to us, she's very skinny. She is not going to run. <laughs> we got the guy in the window. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> well, can I just say, it 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 goes to show how far we've come where, you know, back then in the 1970s, it's like, oh, this plane took off from here. We're supposed to land here. Plane never landed. Oh, well. <laughs> so oh, true. Well, I guess. I don't know. They'll show up some. No, well, they'll eventually show up somewhere. Uh, now we have radar and GPS and things. So I don't oh think gosh. you'll have to become a cannibal now. Yeah. I was just going to say my life as a cannibal that I thought was going to have to happen. Is not going to have to happen. Okay, so let's get. Okay, you can still get on a plane and just like look at like whoever is the most you know delicious. What I was doing, like fall just lean in. Exactly what I was doing while you're passing their road, just lean in, be like, I'm going to eat you. You look delicious. Okay, so Golda, I have not watched that. That is got Helen Mirren in it and Leif Schreiber. So I mean, that's a that's a decent cast. I got nothing on that one. You want to put your? I mean, ironically enough, uh, just just for the way they made. Emma Stone look poor things. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with poor things. She looks bananas. All right, let's give yeah, it to her. Animated uh, feature film, The Boy ooh. and the Heron, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be beautiful, by Hayao Miyazaki and Toshia Suzuki, Elemental Peters Son and Dennis Reem, Nimona, Nick Bruno, Troy Quain, Ryan, Karen Ryan, and Julie Zachary. Robot Dreams, mm. Pablo Berger, Iban Cormanzana. Ignacia Stape and Sandra Tapia Diaz. I think we all know it's probably going to be what the first or the last one. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, Kemp Powers, Justin K. Thompson, Phil Lord, Christopher Miller, and Amy Pascal. My guess, yeah. right off the bat, the boy in the heron has been cleaning the fuck up. Really? So it's it? either that or Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. It, can I just also point out yes. something, which sure. is this, this is a year where you have a Disney Pixar movie and it's not even it's not even in contention. Right. It's not even. We, which one? Elemental. Oh, 
Right? I mean, that, that's sort I of didn't my po- even know about it. It's Peterson. Hold on. Okay. Yeah. Let me see what this is all about. Well, my, my whole point to this is like Elemental was like a flash. Like it, it, it kind of came and went real quick. I think I think it almost speaks oh, to the fact that like. Oh, it looks cute. No, it does. It does. But my point is like I feel like Pixar movies have relatively lost the luster they used to have. Like Pixar yeah. movies used to be untouchable. Like that was it. Yeah. You could not. Uh, Pixar movies out. Biggest thing in the world. Even the Pixar um, shorts. Like, yeah, kill it. Absolutely kill it. And I'll throw this out there, right? I remember the around COVID, they, they released Soul directly to uh, Disney Plus and they kind of skipped any theatrical or minimized theatrical release. And I love Soul because I'm a, you know, I like jazz. It's a cute one. Stuff. Yeah, me too. Sounds like, an, like, sounds like an old man. But there, I forget the movie and I, I gotta, I'll, I'll figure it out in a second. But what other movies had come out? Oh, Onward came out. Also very cute. But like... That was another one where it's like no one was being like, oh, new Pixar movie. Like at this point, they've just become it's weird. And I'm just throwing that out there as as a zenial who grew up where it's like a Pixar movie. Everyone like, you know, like close the store, you know, grab the kids. We're all going to the movie theater because there's a new Pixar movie out. And now like the like DreamWorks animation studio has become like. Where it used to be like, oh, they're just trying to be what Pixar is. Yeah. Now you look at it and it's like, oh no, like they've 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 made their own. Like they have caught up. So I just want to point out that in a in a year where Disney had another Pixar movie, it's essentially so under the radar that it's like, oh, was that even released? <laughs> like, did we miss something? Well, I mean, this so. the the boy and the heron's got Robert Pattinson and Christian Bale in it. So Yeah. I am going to I'll throw this out there. I agree because I think that it's it's also a very traditional classic animation that we haven't seen in a long time because everything is gone. Computer animation. If they go the other direction, I will say Spider-Man Across the Universe was a fantastic movie. And I and what I do appreciate it where I'm not going to be like, oh, it's a good movie. That's why is they tend to play around with the form of animation a lot more like they it's, it's very meta and like and that's what i'm just saying like, i feel like the academy voters love meta they love when they when a movie shines the mirror on like hey look inside joke in the industry right i i think spider-man across the spider-verse is a little bit extra meta and also like is very playful with the various different animation styles they include in the movie so anyway my pick just because I know how this stuff, I, I tend to believe how I think people are going to vote. I'll also go with the boy and the heron, if not Spider-Man across the universe, across the spider I'm going to go with the boy and the heron, but I, I do want to just touch on Nimona because it has an absolutely stacked I saw fucking that. cast. Yeah. You've got a lot of Eugene folks. Yang, who was from like the Try Guys of YouTube. Chloe Grace Moretz, Riz Ahmed. Oh, Riz Ahmed, please. Spank bank material. RuPaul. You've got Beck Bennett, Sarah Sherman. You've got so many people on here that are yeah. are huge. And it's Rotten Tomato score, 94%. So I feel like it's kind of a sleeper, but I do think it's going to go the boy in the heron. I've heard it's absolutely beautiful. I, I do want to watch it. I wish I could speak more on the other robot dreams I had not seen. And Elemental didn't even know about it until you just told me. So <laughs> what does that uh, say? I right. mean, it's one thing if it's one thing if you didn't 
if you've never heard of The Boy and the Heron, right? That's understandable. If you've never heard of a Disney Pixar movie that came out last That's summer. That's bananas to me. Yeah. Bananas. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah. because we are in this world. So you and I are yeah. constantly sending each other stuff. I did not I did not even know about it. Okay. Yeah. So that brings us to international feature film, which you and I are <laughs> we are not gonna speak on this. The options are Io Capitano from Italy, Perfect Days from Japan, Society of the Snow from Spain, The Teacher's Line from Germany, or The Zone of Interest from the UK. I'm sure they're all lovely. We don't know anything about them. (laughs) No. And on top of that, I'm going to I'm going to do something I used to do when I was in um, high school, which is when you had like a multiple choice. Oh, yeah. You're just going to close your eyes and pick. Okay, go. Just I'm going to pick C because you always pick C. So I'm sure you're going to society of the snow. I have no idea about what it's about. I don't know anything about it. But for the sake of this guessing game, uh, I'm going to just say society of the snow. I'm going to go back to my roots, my Italian roots for both of us. And I'll say Io Capitano, Italy, for the for our ancestors that we have not been a part of for hundreds of years. But for some reason, Italian Americans just like to just boast where they are from Italy. (laughs) Um. All right, I'll, I'll I'll pick I'll pick up some more. All right, here. ready. And and in a category where I'm gonna misspell or or mispronounce something, just say the names of it. Who cares? For documentary short film, uh, we have the ABCs of book banning, uh-huh. the Barber of Little Rock, Island in Between, the Last Repair Shop, and oh, okay, here we go. Uh, Nai Nai and Waipo. Did I get that right? Nai Nai. I know this. There's accents and stuff on. There's an you know accent on the first day, so I think it's nay nay, nay nay, nay nay, waypo. Yeah, sure. Wipa? I trust you. Um, I don't at all, especially when it comes to pronouncing things. Again, I don't know anything about this. I know. Um, uh, I mean, I. It's always funny with these where I'm like, oh, I can kind of guess what this is about based on, like, I can guess what the ABCs of book banning, which is, is so about. important right now. On yeah. nail on the head. I have a friend, a very good friend of mine who. Just moved from Florida as a teacher to North Carolina as a teacher because for many reasons, one of them being she couldn't stand being a fucking teacher in Florida where she cannot have her own books in the classroom. Yeah. Well, to to help everyone out, because I need help as well. The ABCs of book banning is uh, reveals the voices of the impacted parties of book bans from school districts, inspiring hope for the future throughout the profound insights. And then uh, the Barber of Little Rock is uh, explores America's widening racial uh, wealth gap through the story of Arlo Washington, a local barber whose visionary approach. Uh, <laughs> That's where the article ends. I'm on the same article as you. Yeah. For his visionary approach. <laughs> yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Dot, dot, wow. dot. Sound, you have to watch great. the movie to find out, guys. <laughs> no, sorry. He, he forms a nonprofit community bank uh, is what Incredible. he Incredible. And so it's the story of a awesome, awesome person, apparently. Way better than us. And then you have Island in Between. Uh, um, Le- oh, I can't do this. I'm so bad at pronouncing names and I have just, anxiety. I would just say the name of it. You're fine. Okay. Well, it, it, it has to do with the with the very, uh, and, and this is always like a choppy area, the relationship between Taiwan, the United States, and China from the islands of Kinnaman. Kinman. Uh, just a few miles uh, from the mainland, China. It's from the director's point of view. And again, obviously that the whole concept of Taiwan and is it its own country and all that is is obviously very, uh, what's the word? What's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's tenuous. Uh, it is. Yeah. Uh, it's it's yeah. no way me gusta. Well, uh, Barbie almost got canceled because of a fake cartoon, you know, uh, not cartoon, but like a, 
uh, a fake map that, you know, Weird Barbie had that they thought was, you know, related to that at some point. They were like, this movie can't open in China because of it. So, um, well, now there's a whole movie talking about the perspective. Anyway, The Last Repair Shop. I saw this one. You did? Yeah, it's really beautiful. It's about music and how music is like the last remaining medicine and how even in the lowest income areas, how music can truly change a child's life or a person's life. It's really beautiful, but it's the only one I've seen. <laughs> hmm. um, and the last movie, which, by the way, translates to Grandma and Grandma. Oh, that's Nene, so cute. Nene and Weipo. Um, it is uh, a multi-generational story celebrating director Sh- uh, Sean Wang's two grandmothers, one of his father's side and the other his mother's side, obviously. Duh. Yeah, obviously that was that was that was wrong but but yeah imagine imagine like making a movie about your grandmothers and then uh and not winning <laughs> nominated an oscar for it no and i'm just saying the winning? nomination alone no my family would be like really amanda we couldn't get an award really well i'll, I'll put it this way what do you think as far as the because i feel like the topics is essentially you know you have i mean to run it down right you have you know this I don't know what the hell you want to even call book banning in America at this point. Is it is it political? <laughs> I don't even discourse? know that we're talking about this in 2024. It's I fucking know. bananas. I think I think what it comes down to is and the way voting tends to work is is you know a lot around uh, which topic everyone tends to to appreciate more than the other. Yeah, I think you're right. I will say that whatever wins in this category, uh, I will say that the last repair shop is quite beautiful. If you are a music person like myself. Definitely watch it, but they're all really important topics. So I yeah. don't know how they're going to lean book banning huge right now. Yeah. But also support of the arts really big. So, well, and the other thing too is, and, and again, I'm discounting the topic, not the movie to be clear. But yeah, like, I, I feel like you make a movie about like, Hey, why is book burning bad? It's like, well, okay. I kind of understand. We don't, it, do I need a movie to explain to me why this is not a good thing necessarily? And I'm, and, I'm not what I'm, you what I'm sort think of looking you don't. for. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I'm saying is if you look at the categories, it's like, what do you, you know, out of all the different movies, out of all the topics and the stories they tell, because these are documentary, documentary short film, what tells a story that you may not know? And I think I'd lean to the Barber of Little Rock and the last yeah. repair shop, which you, you would share. Yeah. But, I was going to go Barber of Little Rock, Little Rock for this one. I would love it if it was the last repair shop because I saw that one, yeah. but I'm sure they're all beautiful. All right. Well, I, this is also another coin flip one. So I'll pick Last Repair Shop just so. Okay, cool. You know, just just for you. All right. Documentary feature film. We have Bobby Wine, The People's President, The Eternal Memory, Four Daughters, To Kill a Tiger, and 20 Days in Maripol. Have you seen any of these? This is a this all right, look, this is this is <laughs> tough. Once we get to the category where it's Sometimes like, hey, Barbie, like we'll 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 be okay. Be a lot I'm sure they're all beautiful. I don't know anything about them, but they all seem like they're very, very, very important topics. Yeah. So I don't want to undermine any with commentary that's not research. Yeah, and and so um, I'll I'll throw this out there. So Bobby Wine, uh, the People's President, is about the Ugandan opposition leader, activist, and musical star Bobby Wine. Using his music to fight regi- the regime by led by I'm gonna get these wrong, Yowery Moose Evany. 
Okay. Nope. You're Who's good. led the country for 35 years and runs in 2021's presidential election. Uh, then you have the eternal memory. You, you haven't seen any of these, right? No. Have you heard about any of these? Uh, I've heard of about 20 days in Mariupol. Okay. Um, and I've heard of four daughters, but I could not tell you what four daughters is about. Okay. 20 days in Mariupol. Pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. So for the eternal memory, that is a Chilean couple, Augusto and Paulina have been together for 25 years, but Augusto was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease eight years ago. Both of them fear the day he will no longer recognize her. Which that is sounds heartbreaking. fucking heartbreaking. I cannot yeah. watch that. Moving on. Yeah. Oh, when you when you pull that up on like, you know, Netflix or whatever no. it's on, you just be like, hey, do you want to cry for an hour and a half? Okay. And I usually do. So yeah. no thanks. Next up on the list, we have four daughters. It's the story of Ulfa Hamruni, Uh uh, a Tunisian woman whose two eldest daughters were radicalized by Islamic extremism. Oh, you know what's funny? I saw clips of this. I thought you were gonna say, and I saw this. No, I saw I saw I saw um this this kept getting advertised to me for some reason on TikTok of all places. But I didn't know it was a documentary. It looked like it was it looked like it was like like a regular film trying to look like a documentary or look real, but I didn't realize it was that. To kill a tiger, it's an Indian farmer, uh, takes on the fight of his life when he demands justice for his 13-year-old daughter, the victim of a brutal gang rape. Jesus Christ. So this one, again, this is something I saw and I was like, I would enjoy watching this, but it is dark, which is important. (laughs) That's why documentaries exist. But you've got to be in a certain frame of mind and like good for this fucking dad who is going against everything that is told to him to stand up to everyone around him because his daughter was raped. She's 13. Jesus Christ. And then finally, 20 days in Maripol, uh, as the Russian invasion begins, a team of Ukrainian journalists trapped inside the besieged city of Maripol struggle to continue their work documenting the war's atrocities. I am going to go with 20 days in Maripol. I think it's really on the nose right now and it'll probably win. But I just want to say that all of these sound really important and I yeah. do want to see all of them. And I have just added them all to my to watch list, especially I don't think I can watch the eternal memory though. The rest of them yeah. I think I'll watch. The eternal memory seems isn't that insane? Like I don't yeah. want to watch a couple go through Alzheimer's, but a dad defending a rape, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Sounds really dark. Okay, animated short film. We ready? You want me to do it? No, I got it. Letter to a pig from Tal Cantor and Amit Gesalter. 95 senses from Jerusha Hess and Jared Hess. Our uniform from Yegane Modgadam. Pashi Derme from Stephanie Clement and R- Mark Ruiz. War is over, inspired by the music of John and Yoko from Dave Mullins and Brad Booker. Haven't seen any of these. Yeah. Love the titles, though. Little music yeah, I- of John and Yoko. Adorable. Well, really, uh, really funny. I'll throw this out there. But um, earlier on, when we were talking about one of the other categories, Napoleon kept coming up. And I was like, oh, like, and I, my brain just wants to go to Napoleon Dynamite. Um <laughs> For whatever reason, because I, I see Napoleon, there, you know, that's that's the, that's can the I tell you from a female's point of view? Uh huh. We have usually uh, this might just be my circle, so I'm not going to say we as okay. a category of women. But the Napoleon complex is alive and well when yeah. we describe men. <laughs> OK, like a short man who is short and like pissed at women because he's short. Yeah. And and overcompensates. 
yeah. Napoleon complex. So yeah. like Napoleon for me, alive and well in the vernacular of a female or okay. even a male. That's fair. Who enters into same sex or bisexual relationships. You know, we love a short king. I mean, look at our boy, Jeremy Allen White, fucking killing it at five foot, whatever. We Wait, love how him. tall is he? I don't know. I don't yeah. care. All he has to do is be horizontal for me to sit on that face. I don't care how tall he is. All I'm saying is there is a specific type of male who gets mad at you because you're taller than him. And as a tall female, I've been there. I've been there. He's just he's five seven, some... by the way. Jeremy Allen White's five seven. Okay. Uh, so am I. I'm five seven. I'm five seven club. Look at me. See short kings, baby. Yeah. Well, by the way, the whole reason I went down that down that Napoleon rabbit hole. Yes. Before you is ninety five senses is the the short film uh is directed by uh Joshua and Jared Hess. Jared Hess being the creator, writer, director, whatever of Napoleon Dynamite. So well, okay, we'll just pick that one because it's the only one we know. <laughs> okay, fair. Okay, let's move on. Let's hurry up and get to the categories that we can actually. Okay, can actually live action actually. short film. Yeah. More we don't know. The After by Misan Harriman and Nikki Bentham. Invincible by Vincent Rene Lorty and Samuel Caron. Night of Fortune by Lassie Liskejour Noir and Christian Norlick. Red, White, and Blue by Najran Chowdhury and Sarah McFarlane. And The Wonderful Story of Henry Sugar by Wes Anderson and Stephen Rails. That's probably going to win. It's got Wes Anderson. Why are we even pretending we don't know? Oh, Wes the, Anderson the, wins yeah. everything. <laughs> Hands down. No, no, no. Did you see that? No, I didn't. Oh, these are great. So they're on Netflix. They're like little short films. That's the All one. Of them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they were released okay. in like they're, they're really short films. Benedict Cumberbatch is in all of them. Uh, Dev Patel, Ben Kingsley, Ralph Fiennes. In all of these, all of these options? No, no, no. no sorry. In all of the, uh, there's oh. multiple short stories. <laughs> the Wes Anderson. I'm like, Benedict Cumberbatch is so nominated right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, so it's all like it's a bunch of like Ronald Dahl short stories. <gasps> Roald Dahl, you mean? Roald Dahl, yeah. Roald Dahl. It's my one of my favorite authors. It's like Roll Tide, but you rolled. Okay, anyway, um, if you he haven't seen those, racist. Go- he was a little racist. Was he really? Yeah, it's all right. Okay, oh. wonderful story of Henry Sugar. We are not happy about the fact he was fucking racist, but we'll talk better another okay. time. But by the way, long story it's a short, different pod. Um, go watch that. I highly recommend it. My kid is really into all those uh, uh, Roll Doll stories. Roll Doll, uh, and they were they were fantastic. And you take Roll Doll. Is it Roll Doll? Am I are you? Rolled, rolled doll, rolled, rolled doll, and uh, you combine that with the, with Wes Anderson's aesthetic, and it's just like, oh yeah, perfect. He should have done this years ago. Anyway, okay, fine. That's my pick. Stamp done. Moving on. Original score: American Fiction, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I have heard absolutely incredible things about the scores in three of these. Okay. Can I can I take a can I take a guess? Yes, go. Killers of the Flower Moon. Yeah. Oppenheimer. Yeah. American fiction. Poor things. Poor things. Oh, I haven't heard. Poor I things. haven't really heard. Okay. But um, American fiction, I have not seen. Mm-hmm. I cannot wait to watch. I feel. I feel like I have to really sit down and enjoy that one. Yeah. Not like enjoy, but like, you know, invest myself into it. Original score. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go Killers of the Flower Moon on this one. Okay. Because I feel I've read that book. Love that book. Yeah. 
But can I just tell you about this is original score, but can I just tell you it, it, what, what world do we live in when John Williams is nominated? And it's like, ah, oh, yeah, not, but not, not him. I know that hurts my Harry Potter heart. And you know, that does, right? I know, okay. but it's all because, you know, dial of destiny, yeah. more Indiana Jones. It's more I just, I love you know, Indiana Jones. I know I do too. Okay. <laughs> right, I'm going to make an official pick. Right, um, yeah. I am going to go with Oppenheimer. I'll just move on. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah. Sound. Sound. Do not read these names because there are a lot of vowels no, and consonants gonna... next to each other. It should not be. For sound, we have The Creator, Maestro, mm -hmm. Mission yes. Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1, uh -huh. and Oppenheimer. Oh, and the, Z the Zone of Interest. I'm going Oppenheimer. Oh. Like sound For alone, sound. people, I did not see Oppenheimer yet. Have you? I have not. No. Okay. Just... So I've heard in the theater. I didn't want to admit the that. Sound the sound in Oppenheimer is like fucking insane like rattles yeah. you to your bones so i'm just gonna go oppenheimer because i th there was a lot to do there with sound i would love it to be my show because yeah. what they're doing the is so beautiful the it's a movie about sound but i feel like oppenheimer you were asking a lot of what oppenheimer's about yeah. is not only the destruction of what it created but like the sound leading up to it also i just want to see oppenheimer because i heard we get to see you want Somebody naked. You just want to see Full Frontal? Is that it? I just want to see Florence Pugh anyway. You want to I see can. Florence Pugh's pews? That's all I care all about. Right. That's fair. Also, uh, do not oh. get me wrong. <laughs> Our boy Killian Murphy, but Florence Pugh's pretty high up there. Right. All right. Costume design. Oh, wait, we didn't pick one. You, you, you oh, picked. I picked Oppenheimer. I'm, yeah. I don't I'm, even give you an option. What are you going? <laughs> I am going to go with... Uh, you know what? I'm I'm, I'm going to, again, it's more flipping coins here. I'm going to go with Maestro. Oh, that would be beautiful. I, I hope that you're right. My my theory behind that, by the way, is the fact that it's it's, it's the sound category. It's not about music, yes. not about score or anything like that. Just it's sound. strictly about yes. sound, sound design. I hope that I'm you're right. Huge appreciative of. By the way, I, I just want to point something out. Yes. To me, I think, especially, which the Mission Impossible series does do really well and it and feels weird. Like, you know, it's like, the creator, Maestro, Oppenheimer, zero, the zero, the zone of interest, and then Mission Impossible. But the sound design in those movies are amazingly fantastic. And I think when you're dealing with like so much, you know, action and, and cars and all this other stuff, like the concept of like sound design becomes a lot more intricate versus like some other stuff. But I want to go with the creator. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm Maestro. Maestro. Okay, beautiful. <laughs> I shocked you a little bit. All right. I got excited. Okay. Yeah. Uh, next well, I have a pick up. for this one already. Uh, you want me to, I'll, I'll do this one. Okay. For costume design, our nominees are Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Napoleon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I it goes back to like the set design stuff I said before, it's but gotta be Barbie. Costume design, yeah, Barbie. It was fucking crazy. Yeah, like it really the, was. the Poor Things was really cool. I've seen scenes. Napoleon, very true to the time. Oppenheimer again very true to the time Killers of the Flower Moon absolutely beautiful the way yeah. that I've seen scenes from it the way that it's shot gorgeous but what Barbie design. Yeah. Barbie just entered a different universe like there is a very the high heeled shoe the scene yeah. where she's stepping into that high heeled shoe with that perfect arched foot like that alone for costume design but that's what I mean is you know all these other movies it's, it's fine right costume design even things right where the you yeah. know there's a it, it's more of a period piece the, the difference here it was in just my opinion, accurate where barbie yeah. had to be creative 
Right. They ha- and, and on top of that, it's part of the plot, yes. which I think is the important part. So, like, it's, it's almost amplifies the part of, like, not only, not only are they shining a light on it, but they still have to be good at it. And I think they do it fantastic. So, Barbie, my stamp for costume design. Same. You want to you do uh, original song? This one's actually look, looks kind of cool. Original song? I already know what I'm going to pick for this one. Okay. Okay. <laughs> sure, I'll do original original song. So we have, for this one, we have uh, The Fire Inside from Flaming Hot, music and lyrics by Darian Warren. I'm Just Ken from Barbie, music and lyrics by Mark Bronson and Andrew Wyatt. This sparked a lot of press. Yeah. It never went away from American Symphony, music and lyrics by John Batiste and Dan Wilson. Love John Batiste. Wazahazi, a song for my people from Killers of the Flower Moon, music and lyrics by Scott George. What Was I Made For from Barbie, music and lyrics by Billie Eilish, Eilish and Phineas Okala. I will say this. Mm-hmm. I would love for it to be Wazahazi because that's a beautiful song. I've listened to it. Um, I think it's incredible that they employed actual native mm-hmm. actors and yeah. Uh, all of it is really beautiful and it's about fucking time that we recognize the people that created the country that we stole from them. Yeah. But with that being said, that's why I would love for it to win. I would be lying if I said, what was I made for hit me on a soul level. I listened to that song in my darkest of dark. That song hits me. And in the movie, the way that that song is portrayed is just the most guttural. I I I would I don't want to get like too meta for this episode because it's not a meta episode. But that song is so beautiful. Yeah. And l- watching the um, you know, Greta Gerwig just came to Billie Eilish and said, "I'd really like for you guys to write a song for this movie," and she didn't think she could do it. And mm-hmm. when this song, when she made this song, it was like it just came out of her, and she. Billie Eilish has gone on record saying this is the most challenging song for her voice she has ever recorded. It's the most she it's the one she's most proud of. Yeah. Because it's the hardest and so outside of her comfort zone. So if that one, I would be fucking pumped as yeah. well. That's all. It, it it's I'm so torn because the way these awards tend to go, and I want to say I, I, part of me wants to believe that it's changed over the years a little bit. Because I feel like the more mainstream popular something is, the less yeah. likely it's it's to vote. I mean, you couldn't go anywhere last summer without hearing "I'm Just Ken" everywhere, right? Like it was hilarious. It was part of like song, by culture the way. and everything, yeah, right. Fucking hilarious. And so I almost feel like it's either one of two things. It's either like it's it's going to get voted on because it's like oh well, like that's the one that stands out the most, or it's going to get not voted on because it stands mm. out the most, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, that's, it's like dismissed for being popular kind of thing. Yeah. That said, I don't know. I mean, and it's, I, I can't, I can't tip it either where it's like, oh, well, if I think they vote this way, I would say I'm just Ken. If I don't think they vote that way, then I'm going to go with it never went away by, from American Symphony. I love John Baptiste. Everything he does yeah. is gold. So I would be happy. And I think, yeah, that. I think the way the, so here, here's here's how I'm going to split this vote. Uh, if 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 everything suddenly changed from the academy and they were like they just went with what the 
the the normal the normies in the world tended to lean on it'd probably be i'm just ken just and, and not based on anything but the fact that it became such a po- popular part of pop culture last year but if they vote more in line with the way i think they tend to vote then i was going to say i'm going to go with uh it never went away from american symphony by john fair enough Baptiste. all right your vote so- is for is for uh yeah okay yeah. Okay. So cinematography, we've got El Conde, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. I mean, just from a cinematic approach, it's got to be Oppenheimer, yeah. right? Yes. It's yeah, got to be. Down. I okay. mean, I think it's the only movie on the list, and I could be wrong, that was like IMAX and, and everything. And, and Yeah. But what's I'm going to vent really quickly because I'm, I'm now the, the closer we get to like the main categories, the the more upset I get because Uh-oh. I feel like over the years you look at who wins for who wins for cinematography, editing and directing. Right. Like three distinct but typically like confused, like misrepresented categories where they kind of like mix them all together into like a little jumble. I've seen movies that have won for cinematography where I'm like, the cinematography was terrible. Like the directing and editing was great, but the cinematography was, was awful and it wins because it just gets glanced over for like what that role is. So with that said, if everyone voted Uh-oh. properly for actual cinematography, yeah, I would say, I would say Oppenheimer for that. Okay. So we both locking in our votes for Oppenheimer. Yeah. For Oppenheimer's locked in. Okay. Original screenplay. We have anatomy of a fall. The Holdovers, Maestro, May-December, and Past Lives. I'll say May-December got a lot of love in the nomination no. categories for uh, Critics' Choice. And so uh, maybe yeah, maybe May-December, but I don't know. I feel like, honestly, for this one, uh, Anatomy of the Fall is going to win. Oh, okay. I have a, split, I have a split, uh, split decision here. Okay. I'm going to go with The Holdovers. Okay, great. The reason, by the way, too, is specifically, I think this is a category that perfectly fits. Like, it's gotten a lot of love for it, both in, like, more directing and, and and like, uh, yeah, cinematography directing, which it didn't, obviously, yeah. uh, at least not for cinematography. So I think I think maybe the, the holdover is for original screenplay. That's my stamp. Right I love that. For adapted screenplay, we have American Fiction, Barbie, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and the zone of interest. What's your uh, what's your thought here? Adapted screenplay. <sighs> this is hard. I I honestly truly believe it could go to the first four. I don't know anything about the zone of interest. Yeah. But I also feel like, and I know that this should not play into it, but they got so much fucking shit mm-hmm. for not nominating Greta Gerwig and not nominating um, Margot Robbie for Barbie. I have a feeling we're going to see Barbie win in some other categories as like, yeah, we did. Look at us. Yeah. We're giving Barbie awards. So I have yeah. a feeling adaptive screenplay, they may win for this. But I don't hmm. know. Oppenheimer's hard. Well, and, and this is the thing too, right? It's another one of Maybe those weird American categories. American fiction because that got added late in the game. So it must be yeah. fucking incredible because it got added to every category. Which by the way, I didn't actually, so, so to be clear, right? Because I know I've seen a lot of confusion around this where everyone's like, you know, adapted, like what? She was just a doll before. It's like, no, no, okay. The concept of adapted screenplay is that it comes from source material. That's yes. that's like the definition for the category. So if it's, you know, it's one thing if it's like, you know, loosely based on characters or whatever, but like American fiction is based off of a 
book, I believe. Yeah, 2001. Uh, yeah, Erasure. Barbie, Barbie is based off all the lore and everything that came before Barbie. Not just the doll, but all like everything else. The aesthetic, everything else. Or even just point to the doll. Fine. Oppenheimer based on a book. Poor Things based on uh, the, like, uh, again, basically a book. And then um, Zone of Interest that I actually don't know. But um, yeah. But uh, I, it's a weird one. I'm going to go. Oh, man. I would like American fiction to win because I feel yeah. like it came in at the end, right? Because it's yeah. so incredible. They had no choice but to add it, you know? And I feel like it's not get, it's going to only get bigger as more people watch it. Yeah. But it's so fresh that maybe the consumers don't realize how good it is, but it has to be that incredible for it to have been added yeah. so intensely to all of these award shows at the very end. Also, can I just point out, how many, how many, uh, how many uh, big movies from last year is Issa Rae in? Uh, She'd I be love killing her, it. By the way. Me yeah. too. She'd be killing it. But I also love Jeffrey Wright. Who doesn't? He's, he's awesome. And I, and I, you know, from what I've seen of the movie, like I love how like just stilted he plays this role where he's just like <laughs> begrudgingly just, you know, anyway. Yeah. It's, it's a weird category. I, I, I'm going I'm, American fiction. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with what you thought before, which okay. is that they're going to try to throw a bone to Barbie. To Barbie. In this. Okay. Okay. That's, that's my, my last thought there was a lot of credit. I, I have some, I have some, uh, the same way you have issues with um, John Mulaney, I have some Noah Baumkamp like potential issues. But we don't okay. have to go there today. But right, I'll, we with will that, go there. We will. Okay. But I will say like what they did with the story, the, like the very unique world they built. I always talk about how much I love world building. Everything they did in the movie is, I, I think, is, deserves it anyway. Agnostic of whether or not they're getting thrown a bone for. Adapting, yes, whatever. agreed. But I think it's yeah. Anyway. All right, so we're going to go actress in a supporting role. We've got Emily Blunt and Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, America Ferreira and Barbie, Jodie Foster in Nyad, and Devine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. I Do you have so a front runner? I do. My own personal oh, front runner? Okay. What is it? So, and again, I, I again, I've... I, I, I didn't want to admit there were movies I hadn't seen because I, I feel like, you know, just blowing past that. We ignore that for a second, but I will say, um, am I, am I getting her name right? Uh, Devine joy Randolph is a divine joy Randolph. I'm not sure, but, um, every clip I've seen mm -hmm. King killing it. Yeah. And that was what I was going to go with is like everything I've seen of her and that role. And actually out of the cast from that movie, like, it seems like in order, everyone really like loved her performance in that. So it's a, it's a weird one. Is it going to go to someone, you know, the, Emily Blunt or Amer America Ferrara or Jodie Foster, you know, I almost feel like people are going to vote for, you know, someone who's been nominated before, been around a little bit longer, but, um, cause, um, yeah, I don't know. It's always a toss up. I, I want it yeah. to be Davine. Or divine, yeah. however, I'm getting in my head I now about I can how they vote. Me too, but like, I would rather. I, she is so fucking funny yeah. and so good in everything she does that I would yeah. love it to be her. Love it, love it, love it. I mean, she's she's a Philly girl. She grew up in Hershey, so I want her to win. All right, I'm gonna go. And again, now that I've said my piece, I'm gonna go with what I think they're gonna how they're gonna. Um, America Ferrera. 
I don't know, to be honest. Like, this is such a toss-up category. I've heard Danielle like, Brooks in The Color Purple. I haven't seen the new iteration, but yeah. I've heard she's incredible. Yes. Yeah. There's no shortage of anyone who's actually really good at, at, in their roles here. And she's so good in Orange is the New Black. I would love to see her just I know get her comeuppance. But here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. Any of them win. I fucking love it. Yeah. I don't know. All right, I'm going to it's a it's a coin flip. But to your point, I almost feel like it's down between Emily Blunt. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. All right, I'm I'm taking a shot in the dark. Go. I'm going to go I'm going to go with Daniel Brooks. Love that. Yeah, I'm just going to go ahead. That, I'm going to go for our girl Devine and hope that she wins. All right. Just funny because that's 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 like that's the one you started with, done, and now we did it reverse because I think I did that for you for something that yeah. you would yeah. Anyway, for actor in a supporting role, we have Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction, Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon, Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer, Ryan Gosling in Barbie, and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. Which is funny because now we get into the big categories. And this is the one that stirred the controversy, right? Which is it has. Ryan Gosling nominated for actor in a supporting role. Margot Robbie not nominated at all. Anybody else really? So, but although I, I didn't realize American Ferrara was nominated for a uh, supporting actress. Yeah. And here's the thing. Um, I've heard Sterling K. Brown in American fiction is mm-hmm. fucking bananas. I've heard he's incredible. Robert De Niro. He's Robert De Niro and his character in Killers of the Flower Moon coming it from the book perspective. Yeah. Very big character. Robert Downey Jr. Love to see him in anything right now. I think it's fucking awesome that he was an Oppenheimer. Mark Ruffalo. We love him. Local boy. Love him. Yeah. Uh, just from the clips I've seen, killing it in poor things. Yeah. I love how adaptive he can be to any character, but he's still Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. But Ryan Gosling and Barbie. I know that this is the nomination that kind of pissed everybody off. Yeah. But my God. Does he fucking kill it? He does. He does. But I wouldn't. uh, He's just not that he's outshined. Like all of their (laughs) acting abilities are incredible. But like, yeah, Ryan Gosling. He's not going to win because I don't think he's going to win. No, I I don't think because to your point, even the way the structure works, right? There's the nominations. Then we then the voting begins from like the, the the committees or the, the members of, of the uh, Academy. Yes. And then, so all the controversy kind of is out there and no one's going to like get their ballot at home. Be like, let me just go ahead and mark down yeah. Ryan Gosling. I'm going to go with Robert Downey Jr. Interesting. And I, have, I have theories on why. Okay. I was going to go Sterling K. Brown. So you tell me why okay. Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. was essentially the face of Marvel for how many years? Yes. And in the middle of that, while he... The, the few detours he did take, uh, he tried to do some really good movies that were like projects because he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to worry about the paycheck, right? He's got those, <laughs> got those Iron Man royalties coming in. Um, he, he made a lot of attempts to do some like cool scripts that he believed in. And a lot of them came out stinkers. There have yeah. not, there hasn't been a lot of good movies with Robert Downey Jr. in them, not to his fault, right? I think he, he, he still puts in, a lot of effort but that said i think this is like one of those moments that like when he comes up that people are kind of waiting for like oh there it is there's kind of matching the talent to the role and whereas you look at everybody else like 
you know, Sterling K. Brown, Robert De Niro, even Ryan Gosling and other stuff he's been in in the over the past couple of years, like even like the independent things he's done and Driver and all these other things. Like there's no shortage of these guys popping up and killing it. Robert Downey Jr. finally finding us like a spot, like a slot yeah. to, to inject that that talent has been like missing for for years. So Agreed. I'm going to throw it out to him. I like that. that. I like it. So. All right. Next up. Actress in a leading role. We've got Annette Benning and Nyad, Lily Gladstone and Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller and Anatomy of a Fall, mm-hmm. Carrie Mulligan and Maestro and Emma Stone and Poor Things. Right off the bat, I'm going Lily Gladstone, Killers of the Flower Moon. Really? Okay. Yeah. I was, so for me, again, this is where, and this is where I get into, I got to stop myself. How should I be, how should I be picking at this point? I know it's kind of late to ask that, but should I be picking how I think they're going to vote? So the Emmys one, we kept doing like how we thought they were going to vote and then also how we wish they would vote. Yeah. And I will just say, actress in the leading role, Lily Gladstone, she cleaned up another award shows. Yeah. Clips that I've seen as someone who read the book, it's just beautiful. Like there's yeah. just no Emma Stone truly had to fucking transform herself yeah. to become that character in poor things. Yeah. Carrie Mulligan's really beautiful in Maestro. Having watched yeah. that one. A great. She was beautiful. I do not think she's above anyone else in this category, but Annette Benning, I mean, it's fucking yeah. Annette Benning. Like, let's be I honest. Know. I it's had Annette the same Benning. Thought. That's and that's exactly why I asked that because I a part of me is thinking, well, you know what they might do? They might just go in net benning. When all is when all is uh equal, they'll lean on whoever yeah. is like, oh well, let's let's give it to a net benning. And it's a true thing. story and all that kind of stuff. So who knows? And and for what it's worth, right? I nothing against Emma Stone, right? I praise her, you know, had a huge her. crush Good on her for years. Yeah. Still do. Although not in this movie. That's to be clear. But that's on purpose, right? Yeah, that's the whole point. <laughs> the, that's the point. There's no shortage of Emma Stone has showed off her ability to do comedy or drama or anything for a long time. And so I don't you know, it's not like, oh, wow, we haven't seen her like this. Carrie Mulligan. Um, love her. I, you know, she's another one, too. Like, I I really haven't seen her in like do comedy. Right. If she like did like a like a comedy, that would be like, well, she totally could, her. though. Yeah. No, no, no. Not not faulting her. I'm just saying like she has a she has like a type of role yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um but at the same time too yeah i don't know it it, it, to to me that's where it almost puts it like well you know emma stone poor things we've seen that performance before carrie mulligan and maestro we've seen that performance before which leaves the rest of them on the list agreed uh and so i i i I would say it's either between lily gladstone to your point or annette benning fair enough um, but I'm gonna. I'll I'll put my money on Lily Gladstone. Okay. I have. I've made. All right. <laughs> um, I'm gonna take. I'll take this one. Um, sure. Actor in a leading role. Here we go. The oh, actually, oh yeah, I didn't realize this. That was the. We're we're, we're almost there. We're almost there. We're so close, um, guys. <laughs> so close. Actor in a leading role. Uh, Bradley Clu- Bradley Cooper for Maestro. Coleman Dom- Domingo for Rustin. Paul Giamatti for The Holdovers. Cillian Murphy for Oppenheimer and Jeffrey Wright for American fiction, man, this is a tough category. And I will tell you Coleman Domingo in Rustin again, a movie I had not watched all of, but this is based on a true story of Rustin who helped Martin Luther King jr. And his group organized in 1963 March on Washington. Yeah. 
beautiful fucking movie. He is so transformative in that role. It's like captivating. And I think it would be really awesome if he won. It's just he's going against the blockbusters of 2023. You've got Bradley Cooper and Maestro, which was like five years in the making before they even shot a thing. Paul Giamatti and the holdovers, which came out of nowhere. Nobody even cared that the holdovers was being made. And then it came out and everyone's like, holy shit, this is incredible. Yeah. Killian Murphy and Oppenheimer, which the poor man lost an ass ton of weight and became this emaciated weirdo. (laughs) And then Jeffrey Wright in American fiction, which from what I've seen, people are in love with his performance. Yeah. But if we're going, it's so hard. Like you said, are we going for what we think they'd vote for or what we want them to? I'd love to see Paul Giamatti win anything. Like he won his, he's won what now twice for this role? For the holdovers? I, yeah. That's the thing. You've mentioned this a few times. I have purposely avoided any of the other award ceremonies or things. Oh. So Golden Globes or I don't know, the, the Viewer's Choice Awards, what, <laughs> Nickelodeon, um, you know, Kids' Choice Awards, whatever. I haven't, I've avoided them all. I will put my pick in. He did win a Golden Globe for this, for okay. Best Actor. I, I was going to say, which is always funny, too, because everyone's like, oh, well, he won that, so he'll win this. But also that part of me is like, mean the same thing. it doesn't, because sometimes they're like, eh, he got one. Okay, now we, we don't have to give him one for for the big one. However, I am going to either go with Paul Giamatti or, or Jeffrey Wright, and I'm going to lock in my vote at Paul Giamatti, final answer. I'm locking in Coleman Domingo for Rustin, final answer. Yeah. For- Ooh, this one gets this one gets spicy. Okay. Do you want to do this one? Uh, I mean, I will. We got Best Director. Okay. So Justin Triet for Anatomy of the Fall, Martin Scorsese for Killers of the Flower Moon, Christopher Nolan for Oppenheimer, Yorgos Lanthimos for Poor Things, and Jonathan Glazer for The Zone of Interest. Man, I'm really I glad. I will say. <laughs> huh? I'm really glad you did that. You got, you got like the, yeah. the poor, poor things. 11 years of French that. to use for nothing. Um, so... Jonathan Glazer for the zone of interest. I I'm embarrassed to say, I don't even know what the fuck that movie is about. Um, the commandant of Auschwitz, Rudolf Hoss and his wife, Hedwig strive to build a dream life for their family in a house and garden next to the camp. Okay. I will be honest with you. And this is not meant to sound weird. I love all things. World war two involved. <laughs> okay. World war two is like a, a area of interest for me. Because it was so horrific. Like, I feel like yeah. I need to know everything about it. But Morton Scorsese is not getting his flowers for Killers of the Flower Moon. I don't think he's going to win. I don't I'll be think completely so. honest with you. Yeah. Justin Trier, he's gotten, uh, Justine Trier, I believe they've gotten a lot. Yeah. Like, a, lo- a lot. And have you ever seen her? She looks like she would make every movie ever made in France in the history of ever of all times. Like she looks like a French director or someone who would look at you and be like, you're, you suck. Like she just looks like someone I want to impress. Martin Scorsese though. I I don't think he's going to win this. I'll be completely honest with you. And Christopher Nolan. I'm Do you gonna, think that I, they feel like they've handed out too much to Christopher Nolan? They're going to be like, fucking enough of you. No, in fact, I, I was going to go the opposite. I was okay. going to be like, this is the one they'll give him. This All is right. the one they'll All throw right. out there. All right. So I uh, my pick is Christopher Nolan. Not out of, okay. you know, it's always hard to pick who I think. But who I think is going to get the trophy, Christopher Nolan. That's my pick. 
I'd like poor things to to get something. So I'm going to go poor things because we haven't picked them for anything. So I'm going to go for yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny. And every time there's always some, there's always some uh, movie or director or something that always get like, gets all these nominations and gets zero awards. And gets zilch. Like, I know. Yeah. Okay. Here's I'm going to give vegan. this one to you. No, because no, no, you have to do this, me. the big one, because you get to pronounce all the names and you're good at Sick. it. So you win Great. the award of getting to say the big award. All right. Best picture. We've got American fiction. Ben LeClaire, Nikos Caramigos, Court Jefferson, and Jermaine Johnson. Great last name, Jermaine. Just say. Anatomy of the Fall. Marie-Ange Luciani, David Theon, Barbie, David Hyman, Margot Robbie, Tom Ackerley, and Robbie Brenner. We have The Holdovers, Mark Johnson, another great last name. Killers of Flower Moon, Dan Friedkin, Bradley Thomas, Martin Scorsese, and Daniel Lupi. Maestro, Bradley Cooper, Steven Spielberg, Fred Berner, Amy Durning, and Christine Makoso Krieger. Did not realize Steven Spielberg was a part of that. That is embarrassing. Mm. Oppenheimer, Emma Thomas, Charles Rovin, and Christopher Nolan. Past Lives, David Hinojosa, Christine Vachon, Pamela Koffler. Four Things, Ed Guinea, Andrew Lowe, Yorgos Lothimos, and Emma Stone. And then the last but not least, The Zone of Interest, James Wilson. Well then, I have no fucking idea. Okay. No I idea. Always feel like, I always feel like with these, you have to sort this of is like- too much pressure. Work from the, way, from the bottom up and kind of like, you know, process of elimination. So many nominated. Yeah. And I think out of my process of elimination, I'm left with American fiction. Yep. Come back to that. Uh, the holdovers, Killer of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, and I think uh, Past Lives has won so th- much too. I know, and then I'll, I'll throw out there like maybe Barbie and maybe Poor Things. I don't think Barbie's got a chance. I'll be completely honest with you. No, I don't think it does. I was I was probably moving on to like the second. I want round it to be, but like I don't think it's got a chance. Things. So with that, I th- uh, my opinion, I think it narrows down to Poor Things, Oppenheimer, Maestro, Killers of the Flower Moon, um, The Holdovers, and American Fiction. I, hmm, I'm still, I I'm still running no this. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. And here's the thing. If we're just going to say this, so Oppenheimer yeah. was nominated 13 times. Poor Things yeah. was opina- uh, nominated 11. Killers mm-hmm. of the Flower Moon, 10. Barbie, 8. Maestro, 7. American Fiction, 5. Anatomy of the Fall, 5. Holdovers, 5. Zone of Interest, 5. Napoleon, 3. The Creator, 2. Mission Impossible, 2. Nyad, 2. Past Lives, 2. And Society of the Snow, 2. Okay, that's, that's the amount of nominations. Yeah. Killers of the Flower Moon, I don't... is. I do not think that they're going to give us a Martin Scorsese. I do. I like, I truly don't No, and, and for what it's worth, I think it's one of those movies where there was a lot more hype behind it than you, the impact it. it it's such a beautiful book and story. Yeah. yeah and I don't want to discount so that, beautiful. but I, but like, it's like one of those things where like when Oppenheimer came out, everyone was like, Oh my God, you got to see Oppenheimer. Like it, it became a thing where it's like, you got to see this. They didn't market killers of the flower moon properly. I really don't feel like they did. No, but put it this way, right? I, as much as I haven't heard about Killers of the Flower Moon, I have heard about American Fiction or The Holdovers. Fair enough. Which are movies yeah. that had like no marketing. Although American Fiction, I kept getting TikTok ads. I get a lot of ads on TikTok. I block ads are so blocked everywhere else in my life except for TikTok, and that's where I get my ads. But so I'll throw out there too is like I think yeah to compare that right where it's like oh well 
what are people talking about versus like what what's getting actively promoted. Killers of the Flower Moon, no promotion, no buzz. The Holdovers, no promotion, lots of buzz, you know? And and so I think when you, when you lay it out like that, yeah, to your point, I think it eliminates movies like Killers of the Flower Moon. Oppenheimer, I think there was both lots of marketing, but also lots of buzz. Like, I think yeah, that's, that's one that, you know, and, and I, and I know it's like a, it, it, for me, I know it seems like, oh, that's like, like a, you know, mainstream pick kind of thing. But honestly, it's like, that's the whole point of this. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole point. I guess. I mean, I, I cannot wait to watch the zone of interest now that I know what it's about. <laughs> now that we've gotten to the last category and I'm excited about it, but Poor things, as interesting as the story is, and I, I think I'll fucking love the movie. I just don't think that it's up against the other one's past lives. Won a lot of awards thus far, but I don't know that that it's going to win this one. Yeah, I have a feeling it's Oppenheimer, if we're going to be completely honest. Although Anatomy of the Fall has been cleaning up, too, and I don't know what the fuck that's about. I'm yeah. guessing somebody fell and got hurt and some like true crime trying to break that down and somebody died. That's my guess. I'm going to yeah. tell you what my guess is about this. Anatomy of the Fall. It's a French movie about somebody fell and died and they think there was something <laughs> bad that happened and they there a crime ensues and it's like a legal thriller drama. Okay. Now, what does it say it's about? Am I at all right? Huh? Uh, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> a woman suspected of her husband's murder and their blind son faces a moral dilemma as the main witness. What in this sounds dark. Yeah. Justine Trier. I kept calling her Justin. It's Justine. She's a lady. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So I have no idea for this one. I got nothing. You know, I'm funny. going Oppenheimer. That feels easy. Yeah. Well, you know what I did? I went back for a second. I was like, all right, okay. tell me. You know, 20 years ago or 30 years ago, what movies were nominated and what won, right? And so as a good example to play the home game, 20 years ago, 2004, right? Best Picture, the nominees are Seabiscuit, Mystic River, Master and Commander, The Far Side of the World, uh, Lost in Translation, and The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. How? How do you put those against each other? That is bananas. Now, do you know what won? No. It was Lord of the Rings, the Return of the King. Well. Yeah. But the, the reason I mentioned this now, we go back 30 years, right? Uh, our nominees are <laughs> The Remains of the Day, The Piano, In the Name of the Father, The Fugitive, and Schindler's List. Now, maybe it's a bad year to even do this because they cleaned up that year, but it was Schindler's List. And so I know there are years. <laughs> I, I know for a fact that there are years that if you go back, you know, maybe not 20 or 30, whatever, but if you go back enough at some point, there's a, there's a, been a bunch of years where it's like, all right, they missed the boat on that kind of thing. Right. They, yeah, yeah. they maybe should have picked that guy, but they, you know, they, they, you know, they picked that movie instead. Uh, and that was, I think the whole point of them increasing the amount of nominees for a category the way they did, but like, you know, uh, all right. So 1999, what is that? Uh, 25 years ago. We have The Thin Red Line, Saving Private Ryan, Life is Beautiful, Elizabeth, and Shakespeare in Love. Saving Private Ryan, obviously, right? No, Shakespeare in Love. love. What? Uh, Shakespeare in Love won. Uh, Steven Spielberg won for Best Director of Saving Private Ryan, 
which See, is ironic. I, I would love yeah. to use the same algorithm. I would love if American fiction came in and just fucking took Best Picture because nobody's yeah. talking about it coming into this. You know what I mean? I what would I mean. love yeah. that. Yeah. So that's that's why it's like I'm I'm going with Oppenheimer, even though I don't it's not there's not a firm belief yeah. there. But I think there and that's and to that point, right? Like Steven Spielberg won for best director that year, but lost for best picture. Whereas mm. best picture, Shakespeare in Love won best picture, the director, John Madden, not that John Madden. Uh John Madden. <laughs> you just got done making a video yeah. game and he was like, Let me make a fucking picture about Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting a huddle and uh, love the Shakespeare. Um, the uh, Lost for Best Director, which is like, and that's where it starts getting into like, well, how are you a best movie, but not the best director? Like, it's such a weird I don't understand thing to it. Break and like, even down. even under the best picture, they're just listing yeah. the producers. It's it's like a very yeah. weird thing. So I'm just going to well, say, I would love if American Fiction one. Mm -hmm. I have a feeling it'll be between Anatomy of a Fall and Oppenheimer. Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think Killers of the Flower Moon stands a chance. That's it. Yeah. Past lives could sneak in, though. Hmm. It's a Japanese film, I believe. Have you seen anything about it? No, I haven't. It won. Uh, I mean, I know you haven't watched it, but um, it won a lot of awards. Yeah. It's uh, a lot, a lot. All right. Well, those are our picks, though. Those are our picks. And so, all right, that's that's it, guys. And. Yeah. If you're like us, who you've only seen one thing on this list of 5,000, please feel free to also throw your unsolicited advice at your choices. Point out, it's like, hey, let's do a podcast where we talk about and pick our make our picks for uh, the Oscars. And we have not watched a single movie. A single? Pretty much. We watched Barbie. I watched Barbie. Hey, hey Barbie, that's the popular one. I watched that one. Um. Okay, but I will say this. Happy end of... Our season two. Yeah. That's it. There's is a lot it more really season. Up. It's only season two. It also it feels like we just started, now. but also it's only season two. So I did go back. I did go back. <laughs> I know this is very meta, but I did go back because I was like, I gotta figure out when when did we uh when did we start this this season? Now to your point, yeah. It was a lot of like, oh, we're we're taking a hiatus for this. I week, was so sick weeks. this year, guys. I'm yeah. so sorry. Well, it will last not happen year, again. We are going to be prepared in 2024. We are going to pre-record episodes. So the weeks that Amanda gets um, the swine flu or I get bit mm. by a bot fly and it tunnels in my nose and then goes to oh, my brain God. and I forget who I am or an appendage falls off of me, hopefully not Henry, we will have backup episodes. Yeah. So we promise to not give you guys weeks without my gorgeous voice. I know this feels like forever ago and it, and it, and it does. And, and for only 22 episodes in our season, like it, it seems weird, but our season two kicked off with our, and we mentioned it before, but that uh, run we did where it was like all the series finales. Did it so really? It was session. Yeah. It was May 31st was the, the start of season two. Uh, we did succession and then Ted Lasso, Barry. Uh, and then we went on to, I think you should leave, but Interesting out of this is, yeah, the, the you know, closing the book on this stuff, Succession picked up all their awards. Ted Lasso may or may not have series finale. We still don't know. Oh, no. Uh, Barry. Su wait, Succession, uh, not Succession. Oh, my God. What is oh. the first episode we ever did? Come on. Uh, uh, Come on. Not, Why can't oh, I Severance. It? it was Severance. Our, just started was, um, yeah. shooting today. Yes. For their new season. So that was our that was our second that was episode. Inaugural season. Inaugural season, but second yeah. episode. 
Actually, and yeah, before we close out, let's let's do it that way. So Succession, Ted Lasso, these are all our episodes we did. Uh, Barry, I Think You Should Leave, Summer School, Wet Hot American Summer, The Bear, uh, R.I.P. to Paul Rubens, Armageddon, Barbie, Suits, Mystery Men, Adventures in Babysitting, Clueless, Iceland, <laughs> just you about Iceland, yes. Monster Squad, The Princess Bride, Die Hard, Love Actually, Saltburn, uh, and then Ladybug, Ladybugs, and then here we are. Here we are. With the end. What did you have a favorite episode we did this season? The Iceland episode was hilarious. Yeah. I was I've never said the F word on air as many times as I did in the Iceland episode. <laughs> I clearly had a lot of pent up emotion and energy that I needed to expel and share yeah. with all of you. I don't know if I had a favorite. I will the Iceland episode was a lot of fun for me because I don't normally get to talk about we don't normally get to like shoot the shit on here a lot. We we yeah. do. Yeah. But um that was probably my favorite one, honestly. Yeah. Also, I will say the Saltburn episode was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was fucked up, but it was a lot it of fun. It was. I felt really bad for oh, poor our Katie. editor Katie, uh, who wasn't that offended by what we were like the context we were throwing out. No. There. And so, but 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 still, there there's a line, and I and I think we learned a lot about each other that episode. I will say I do appreciate the fact that you introduced me to Monster Squad. I'm happy that you saw it. My goal for 2024, guys, I've got two episodes on the docket that I'm going okay. to force upon Tommy. Fleabag mm-hmm. and Shit's Creek. There's yeah, no way out. I, I'm There's no way, way out. Overdue. I'm way Those overdue. Are my two favorites. Yeah. I don't have a lot of requests in this world of podcast. Yeah. Those are no, my no, two. You deserve it. You deserve it. Thanks. Then, Thanks, Dad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Dad. Did all um, my homework. I'm glad I got you to because I was Wait, there something you have I got, some I got requests this year. I don't know. Or a favorite? Uh, well, a favorite. I was I was going to the list and I was like, I'm well. I'm I'm really happy I got you to watch. I think you should leave, which I oh, still think is hands down. That's <sighs> like become part of my life. So yeah, Tim, Tim Robinson won an award. He did. Did you see? He did win. Yeah. I wrote it on a little, what was the little voice he did? He's like, I wrote it on a little Halloween paper, like do whatever he just like, and it's just like his, and I think that it's funny is like, you know, regardless of how popular that show had gotten, I feel like, I feel like I'm still like in like a small club that no one else knows what I'm talking about when I, when I mention him. Yeah. And so like to see him go on stage at the Emmys and cause I did see that clip. I didn't watch any of the Emmys, but I heard he won and I saw that one little clip. And he still had to be like his like very odd sense of humor self where he's like just the way he's like the little paper, like just like the way he had to say that is just like. It ah, makes yeah, me that's... happy. So I was really glad I got you into that show. Me too. I mean, I, is, that, I is that a fair? Also, okay. Oh, a hundred percent. And I will say that that episode has gotten some of my friends, uh, like my buddy Eric that I used to work with, yeah. who's also an, an I Think You Should Leave fan, and other friends I have that are I Think You Should Leave fans, who also felt like they were in this like tiny little club to like, now I get skits sent to me from them all the time, because they're like, yeah. yes, you're one of us now. <laughs> I mean, I shout, I gotta figure out how to make money off this almost at least once a day. See, I also do the, what the hell? What the hell? Yeah, my, my So my brother-in-law, Matt, and I will like, we'll like whether we're talking to each other or like he tells me too. he'll like be in the middle of work one day and something will come up and he'll just be like, what the hell? Like just cause silently to himself like that. And oh, I 
love yeah. that. Which I've also learned too, and I mentioned this, you. I mentioned this to you off the air, and maybe we do an episode about this. But I watched Love on the Spectrum, and and I can't handle that show. When I yeah. tell you that I cry and smile and laugh, it's just like, have you? Yeah. It, Oh, I don't know if I can even talk about it without gushing. It's just like the most beautiful display of love and humankind. And just like if we could just all be ourselves, how beautiful it would be and like honest with people. Yeah. Oh, I can't even talk about it. Well, the reason I mentioned it, too, is because my wife, Dale, pointed out she was like, like they repeat. They tend to repeat things like they repeat things they've heard. And I was like, yeah, that's why a lot of them like people on the spectrum tend to like quote movies a lot. And she's like, well, you quote movies a lot. I was like, yeah, I know. I'm probably like, I think we all yeah. have a little bit like, you we know, we're, all, we're a spectrum on the spectrum. Like we're somewhere. Absolutely. In there, but, a, uh, another buddy that I have um, who is autistic, he loves saying when I do things, he'll say, oh, look at that. You got a little touch of the tiss in there. And he is autistic. So coming yeah. from him, it is pretty yeah. hilarious. Shout out, Robert. But OK, so do you have any requests for next season uh, the only thing i'm looking forward to uh, well I, I don't have any specific requests i have to like okay. dig into the to the bucket because trying to come up with new exciting episodes we haven't thought of before is stressful for me because i'm like oh my god i gotta find something in this like i gotta dig deeper in the bag and we're now like what over 40 episodes way over 40 episodes that we've done that it's just like how like what else haven't we thought about that we haven't talked about but I will say this. I am very much looking forward to our Star Wars episode this year. Yes. Because well. you get to watch uh, episode five. Yeah, five. Whatever you so, tell me I have to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's it's okay. a good one. Yeah. I also so. think that at some point, if not this season, maybe in between this season and next season, we've got to do a live episode. Yes. I yeah. really want to do that where we invite the listeners and we watch something all together. Yeah. No, that's you can't edit out my mouth out. Are you very nervous about that? There's no editing of live Amanda. I mean, I'm not as long as like, you know, like I think the biggest fear I have is just like, you know, saying something that (laughs) that our wonderful Katie doesn't catch. And then I get canceled. And it's not going to be you. It's going to be me. No, no, no. See, here's the thing. It's not about canceled. But but here's the fear I always live with, with especially in, in the world today is it's not about me saying something that I believe that I know that is that is like, you know, like people are like, oh, well, that's a terrible thing. It's me being misunderstood. Yeah. 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 Because I'm, I'm with constantly you on that in one. fear of being misunderstood. So yeah. that, that's where well, I'm, so. I'm awful. So I get that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a great season with you. Thanks for sticking it out with me, even though I was... Um, Sorry, crying for all or the long gap, crying or dead half the year, guys. Uh, thanks for sticking it out and keeping keeping on and keeping on and and uh, so we're gonna have our season three premiering. We'll let you know when that date comes out, but we're probably gonna do some fun stuff in between. And I just yeah. want to take the second here to plug. Shall we do it? Our little offshoot podcast. We there's a bunch of stuff to promote. You can there's, go for it. Yeah, there's I mean, more than one. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, so yeah. we're gonna have another season of Folktown hosted by uh, Dina, Dale, and myself. And this season we're gonna be talking about all things downtown Charleston, which is so haunted and so fucking creepy. And then we've got uh, Watch It or Read It, a new Gotham West podcast talking about what's better, the book or the TV show. That's gonna be launching around the week of Valentine's Day. Yeah. And uh, something that we 
little offshoot of Can We Talk About? Uh, Can We Geek About? Hosted by someone you've already heard on this podcast, Kyle. Yeah. He yes. was a guest on our holiday episode. He does all of the videos for us. And he also was a guest on our Star Wars episode. Yeah. Well, which, by the way, I, I meant to mention like our Love Actually episode, our like little like, you know, team company holiday party. Hangout. Get, get, yeah. Like was one of my favorite <laughs> things we did. I want to do that more was so of that. Fun. So fun. Yeah, that was a really good day. And and his best friend, JJ, who um, yeah. the two of them could talk for 10 hundred hours and so their first episode of rebel moon will be premiering uh during our break so for all of yeah. you nerds out there that bitch that we don't complain <laughs> we don't cover all these uh really nerdy nerdy things don't worry kyle and jj have got you covered they'll be yeah. getting your nerdgasms every week the one who uh he's like um actually it's a blaster yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that's the level we're dealing with. That was so funny. Yeah. That was one of my favorite episodes just for that reason. Uh, so yeah. we will have that. And um, of course, you'll, you'll be stuck with us. We'll do probably an episode here or there if, if Tom misses yeah. me. I was going to say, I hang it up here. You uh, are, have like three other podcasts that you're, you're in. Yeah, that's fine. I've got this. Yeah. We got this. <laughs> We've got this. Well, thanks for listening, guys. And so if you don't know, we're going to wrap up season two by letting you know, head over to the socials. We are on TikTok. We are on Instagram. And if you are 95 years old or my mother, we are also on Facebook and we do have free merch. Go to our Instagram. We have a little section for you to fill it out. You can get some free merch from us. And if you haven't already, it really does help us a lot. If you head over wherever you get your podcasts, like, follow, subscribe, leave a comment, tell us how pretty we are and how offensive my voice is. And, uh... We'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Yeah, we have we have a credits roll. We have to like credits we, we, roll. We should have well, first off. We should be doing this every episode, and we we've been sort of slacking on it. But uh, we have in honor of the end of the season. We should probably recognize the, the team behind this podcast. Thank you to our editor Katie Janner. You were amazing, and uh, I, I thank you so much for cleaning up all the Amanda's mouth. Yeah, Ma- mainly mainly. Thank you to our production coordinator, Nicole Vargas. Thank you to our associate producer, Lou Barron, who uh, joined us at the end of last year and has been amazing. Uh, So love having Lou on the team. Thank you to our video producer. You mentioned him. You'll hear more from him, Kyle Bosch. Thank you to our social media producer, Dale Stampley. I am the executive producer. It's all me. I'm the guy behind this. And if you didn't know, can we talk about is a production of Gotham West Studios based in New York City, where we are here in I was like, I want to copy like. There's another podcast that says it, uh, like like beautiful downtown. It's replaced yeah. with Brooklyn, but uh, the Gowanus it is, it is Canal. A, yeah, <laughs> located directly in the center of the Gowanus yeah. Canal, Brooklyn, New York. Super, super fun site where I'm afraid to drink the water from our <laughs> from our studios <laughs> because I'm pretty sure it's tainted with toxic chemicals from the 1950s. But thank you to our team. Thank you to everybody. Thank you to, for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next season. Okay, bye. See ya, bye. Hi, I'm Kyle. Can We Geek About is a new podcast from Gotham West. Each week, JJ and I will delve into the geekier side of pop culture from our favorites in science fiction and fantasy to new releases and even maybe rag on some absolute flops. We promise that even if you don't like what we have to say, you'll like how we say it. But anyway, can we geek about? Did you really need me here for this? I just needed a ride. <sighs> can we geek about? So give us a listen, subscribe or follow, 
wherever you get your podcasts.